Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. We're going to review some testimony today. We are coming to the end of the session, I think. I'm not so sure. I don't know. They <laughs> they, they keep talking. I, I watched some of the, the reviews and the, the hearings. Well, not the hearings, but I watched some of the housework, um, legislative stuff last week. And uh, Representative uh, Gideon, uh, the House Speaker, was saying stuff like, yeah, um, we got a lot to do. Uh, there are over 800 bills that are left before you that haven't even had public hearings. So all of this debate stuff that's happening on these little things, I'm not trying to stifle what you're saying, but maybe you zip it a bit. <laughs> I'm impressed. That was the impression that I got. That's good. You know, I will not stand up here and say to you all, don't, don't say what you need to say because that's your constitutional responsibility and duty. However, uh, make it quick. So how many bills were in the education committee? I have I don't even remember. Originally, wasn't it like two? It was always it was over two hundred. It was over two hundred. So we have had, as of right now, we've got about a hundred and fifty or so that have been printed. Okay. And about uh, a few, a little bit less than that, that have actually had public hearings at this point. So I don't know if those other ones are going to make it because they, they were supposed to end the public hearings last week. Right, what what they, they what they what, have not ended. They have not ended. <laughs> what what they have started to do um, is, in listening to some of the testimony, especially some of the, the the bills that have that need some more discussion or are really interesting to the committee members, they are purposely saying, "Well, can we push that to the next session? Can we just punt it um, to there?" So there there are they are having those conversations already about some of these things that are to to, to punt them. I think that's really a smart move. They have to. They I mean, have. They're, they're going to run out of time. They're going to run out of time, and, and and they have really have no other choice. I mean, we're you know we'll we'll be doing some other uh, testimony reviews along the way, and we're seeing the public hearings. They're just rife with just they're, they're just all full, and you know how long those things can go. Immunizations is still going on for crying out loud. No, it's way down in a sub basement now. They, they they had to move again. They moved it to uh, Titan. I've heard. Yes. Now that it's back. Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> Oops. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> I should have said that like before. everybody didn't know that was right. I know. Happen. So why don't we get into this and start reviewing some testimony rather than do our Avenger spoilers? Yeah, those will come discussion. later on. That'll happen at the end, <laughs> by the way. Probably, maybe, or throughout. We don't know. Since I just did, we'll one. see how it go. <laughs> so speaking of that, a little bit, I texted something to my daughter last week. Yeah, a little picture of something that I picked up from a friend. Okay. Had forgotten she hadn't seen it. She's oh, she texted back. No. She's like, um, "Spoilers," and it wasn't that bad. Oh, but no, but it's still, but still, there was something on there. Yeah. yeah. Oops, thought so, she'd seen it. So, so basically, what you're telling me is you're a quality friend, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> Great parenting moves, one on one. So let's start with the morning of May the first, which seems like a long time ago. Well, as we're recording this, it's what the thirteenth. It's the thirteenth. That it does well, like every week now feels like an eternity, and it's it been really that way. Does. It's been that way for a couple of years. I can't pinpoint why, but it, but just for the last couple of years in particular, it feels that every week feels like an eternity. It really, it really has. And we did not pot last week. No, we were just we um, we were didn't because we just ran out of time. Yeah, but and you know stuff. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna crank through today. Let's let's plow through them. So we're gonna start. Four and a half minutes in here. Sorry, everybody. With LD 309, it's an act to eliminate the regional adjustment for public school systems. And I remember talking about this one. 
and all it does it was really brilliant because it's you know one of our favorites it's half a page it removes the regional adjustment in the total operating allocation for school administrative units and we're actually going to spend a little time on this one because i learned stuff matt uh, learning is fundamental learning so i learned so i'm going to start with representative stewart's testimony because i remember talking to talking to you last time saying I really wanted to see what he had to say. Right. So Representative Stewart talks about being the second time he's brought it forward. Uh, so last session, he was he was on the Education Committee, the sessions before this one. Okay. And he is not right now. But he said he brought it last time and it didn't go anywhere. So, oh, let's see here. Um, this one, it, uh, it finished ought to pass as amended which is going to be troubling because we don't know what the amendment is. Right. But let's talk about this a little bit. So Representative Stewart talks about regional adjustment index, quote, is a system that creates great disparity between rural and urban communities. This is done by funding urban communities more while valuing their educators at a greater rate than rural communities based solely on metrics from the DOL, Department of Labor, that suggest living in different areas costs different amounts. Okay. Well, it does. Right, it absolutely does. It does. And my problem with Representative Stewart's testimony is he creates some straw men through some of this one. So he, he talks about we need more young teachers to look at rural Maine as a desired location to establish their careers, not incentivizing them to move to Portland and the surrounding neighborhoods. Uh, I agree. Already, but already some Portland hate going on. Oh, sure. So it does... It says they value a teacher in Portland 20% more than a teacher in Presque Isle. Yeah, that's a problem. That's language is kind of... Because because one of the things that... Uh, <laughs> they're, they're equating value to salary. Yep. And any educator will know that, or hopefully will believe that the value of an educator or educational system is way more than just a salary. So let's continue with this testimony. Let's go. If you are a young person who just graduated from college and had the choice to either to move to rural Maine to educate kids in a community with less people than with less people where you will be paid less or go to Portland where you're where you will be surrounded by your peers and be paid more without the requirement that you have to live in an expensive apartment in the old port, which choice would you logically make? Um, I don't know a lot of teachers that have an expensive apartment in the old port regardless of where you were <laughs> so i mean come on you know i get your point you're trying you're supporting this bill right but don't don't, don't just make stuff up they're just they're, that's just that's just throwing stuff on a wall see what would stick he's making stuff up later too so the cost wait, of, wait our 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 rich our representatives our people in congress any level they never just make stuff up because right well let's there's let, integrity let's see what you think We'll report, okay. and, and, and I'll decide. And you'll decide. <laughs> so the cost to rent an apartment in Presque Isle is about the same to rent an apartment in the Portland area. Okay. I'm just going to say no. Um, That's I, factually I, incorrect. I, 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 would, I would like, I'd like to see those side-by-sides and other, yeah, other cost-of-living factors, but go ahead. Some of the next parts are actually... Sure. We certainly spend more time on the road and more money on transportation. True. 
That is to say nothing of the fact that our harsher winters require additional heating expenses, vehicle maintenance, plowing costs, etc. Got a problem with this Mm -hmm. one here. There are harsher winters in the northern part of the state than the southern part? Well, yeah. Um, they. What is the difference, to be honest? Okay, the difference is... Whereas, Slightly colder, maybe a few more inches of snow. Um, no, 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 no. If you're talking <laughs> Portland in particular, but what if you talk 50 the, miles inland? It's, it's, it's not... Okay. I'm going to disagree with where you're going with this I, I, before I you talk. But, so. but they, do get a, they do get more cold for longer because I think geographically they are further north than southern Maine, so they would get more cold longer, and they also get significantly more snow. Than Portland, yes. Than most places in, 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 maybe not not the the mountains, and over in parts of like western Maine, like the Freiburg area, maybe not there, because it's going to be comparable, but that's also pretty rural over there. But anywhere on the 95 corridor... Yeah, they're going to get a lot more snow. A lot more snow. Than Bangor? Yes. Up to Fort Kent? Absolutely. Where's Where's your evidence on this one, Matt? Um, you can just look at pictures online. I, the, I, I'll show you pictures of my driveway. Yeah. I, I, it looks pretty pretty cold there. It's got a lot of snow. We're getting snow flurries tomorrow, Matt. I, 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 I down know. Here, that's... Down here in the warm southern part of the state. Look, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's tropical. In southern Maine. Really? Because that but there is, is what I'm getting from Representative Stewart's I, I think that's the picture he's trying to paint. And We're I, all and I, in shorts. And I, don't dis, and I don't agree with it fully, but there are some significant geological and I'm going to disagree with your significant term. Okay. Representative Stewart's proxy. Okay. <laughs> I'm a proxy now. Hey, at least I have a title. I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> exactly, with that. Exactly, right? It's something. At least I'm something. You're in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, one more piece. I could go on and on about this. Well, actually, I could too. But, uh, quote, I could go on and on about this with numerous examples of where the cost of living is not at all cheaper in rural Maine. And, again, that is where he is going with that one. So he wants to eliminate that one. So I'm going to go to one piece of testimony where I actually learned stuff and not just was talked at by Fox News. So the MEA had yep. quite a bit here. They and, did. And this is where I learned stuff. Yeah. Cuz it I, was it was very informative. Cuz clearly we know about as much of finance as oh. apparently we do weather. Yes, we are the CNBC of uh of main education uh policy podcasting. <laughs> you know what was on CNBC yesterday morning? Or the Jim Cramers. Go ahead, what? The Chelsea game. <laughs> and and by Chelsea you mean some kind of soccer nonsense? hate all of you <laughs> so you know it was also on yesterday uh, hockey oh yeah cnbc <laughs> yeah I don't, know if, I don't know if it was on cnbc but it was you know the bruins versus the hurricanes formerly the hartford whalers you had to get the whalers thing i right? had to get the whalers in there who go whalers the who won yesterday uh the bruins by a lot did they yeah are they what are the what is this series now? they're up two nothing i believe good for them yeah i, I uh and I turned it on at the middle of the third period, and it was 6 nothing. I said, okay, I don't need to watch anymore. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yep. So this one, the MEA talked a lot about the actual, what the labor adjustment is and what that regional adjustment is. 
And here's where I learned. And I think we should share this with our uh, listeners. I, I hope you will because this was, a lot of this was lost on me. Oh, it's all lost on me too. So uh, just a warning for those of you listening. We may have this completely wrong, even though I'm reading direct testimony. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read this a little bit. And I'll be quoting a lot of it. So let's quote on this one. I'll put all this other testimony down. There it goes. So this is going to, I'm going to quote from the MEA testimony. It is instructive to note how the labor market adjustment is calculated. Aside, I was all in on that part. Yeah. Because I'm like, I didn't, I don't even know what that I, I want to know. Tell me more. Tell me more. First, an average teacher salary is calculated for each labor market area based upon actual salaries paid. Each average salary is then adjusted for differing years of experience and education level so there can be an apples-to-apples comparison between labor market areas. Finally, the adjusted average salary in each labor market area is divided by the state average teacher salary to get the regional adjustment. First of all, I'm not sure if I followed the whole thing, especially with all the adjustments. But as an example, ooh, there's an example. Ooh, uh If the statewide average salary is $50,000, and the average adjusted salary paid in a labor market area is 45000 the labor market is 90%, or 0.9, which is 45000 divided by 50000 That means if the total salary allocation for a school administrative unit is $1 million and the labor market adjustment is 0.9, the district's total, total salary allocation will be adjusted to $900,000, which is $1 million times 0.9. Sure, I'm, Show, I'm, I'm, I'm with Showing their... the work. I'm, I'm with them. Resulting in this, instant, in, in this instance in a lower EPS per pupil rate than the rate would have been without the adjustment that is then used to determine the operating allocation for the school administrative unit, creating a multiplicative effect. Multiplicative. I, liked, I, I like liked multiplicative. The here. So now I kind of understand how the labor market adjustment goes. Okay. Okay. So they say the labor market adjustment calculation has not been updated since the initial implementation of EPS. I can see that being a problem because EPS has been around for at least one year. At least one year. That's right. Main Education Matters is bringing you the facts. There, there's some facts for you. <laughs> EPS has been around for at least a year, possibly two, but I cannot confirm. The actual date is 2004-2005. Oh, that was about 15 years ago. Uh, that was. So it's been quite a while. So the labor market adjustment has not been updated for 15 years? 15 years. That might be a problem. So it should also be noted, quote, during the work of the commission to do a bunch of things, it was <laughs> disclosed that many school administrative units who have labor market adjustments below 1.0 do not actually spend on salaries what their total salary allocation is, even after the labor market adjustment is applied. Hmm. I wonder how many quantifies many school administrative units. That's a that's a great point. Because we're going to get into some more details in a little yeah, bit here. Yeah, because that, that could be this too. is really good. So MEA opposes this bill, which again, <laughs> for those of you still listening, is LD three hundred nine. Not because MEA does not think that the labor market adjustment can be improved from current but because this particular proposal creates winners and losers and there's no requirement for those that are winners to actually even use the additional funding to increase salaries. Hmm. Okay, the bill does not say that. It just increases the allocation. Right. Then once you have the allocation, districts right now can do anything they want with it. Right? They don't have to spend that particular money on those particular things. Right. They make 
the decisions as a local school board. So, by the way, we've just gotten to the bottom of page one. This goes on for a little of bit. a multi-page testimony, but but it's worth it because I think this stuff is, uh, let's say, not exactly transparent to the average person. No, it's not at all. And that's what we do at Maine Education Matters with Matt. And Matt, we, we do. We 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 provide sunshine. We bring we, the facts. We we bring we bring all when, the facts when, when we have them. Yes, when which isn't often, or we make facts up. <laughs> More common than you because, might think, because <laughs> we are. That's what we do, and that's how we help you, our intrepid, constant listeners. So there is a there used to be a, our favorite thing that happened, which was a task force that happened a few years ago. Yeah, and they prepared five different options for addressing this issue, and this bill was one of them. It was option two. Uh, so it reviewed the impact of what would happen if you eliminated uh, the uh, what, what, the regional school adjustment. The regional school adjustment. Something, something. So if you eliminated that, what would happen? So they are looking for – oh, see, I'm on the wrong page. That's what I was looking at. So they've eliminated that. You can see that the impacts fluctuate across the state. Towns across southern Maine, Bangor, Belfast, and Skowhegan are negatively impacted while other districts benefit. So it says, of all the proposals discussed by the commission, the proposal to eliminate the labor market adjustments was among the most volatile for schools. That is something that scares people when it's the most volatile. That makes sense. Why, why would volatility scare schools? I mean, school, schools are That's like weird. the schools are the are the like the the, the, the the cornerstone and the epitome of constant change, right? They, they're, they're, they're constantly changing and moving. Why would they be opposed to volatility? That's what they deal with every day. You would think. So the uh, MEA believes options three or four contained in the report are the best ways to proceed in adjusting for labor markets. So I like this testimony because they give different options. Right. No, that's, that's, I think that's examples. very helpful. That's very helpful. So the first one is called the bottom-up option. And this option, all school districts currently with a labor market adjustment of less than 1.00, will be raised to 1.00, so they would have no adjustment to their total salary allocation. This proposal, based on 2013-14 averages, would increase the cost of education by $29.2 million. While this option is the highest cost option, it will provide the most relief to the districts who currently pay the least in salary. This, in turn, would provide these districts with more resources to pay their teachers more and offer the promise of beginning to lift salaries in poor or rural areas, yet without additional language, this money is not guaranteed to be used for teacher salaries, which we kind of just mentioned. Right. But it would give more money to the poor districts trying to raise teacher salaries. Yeah. Okay. That's called the bottom-up option. To allow that competition to be competitive. The next one is called the bounded range option, they say. So this was option four in that report. Under this scenario, the funding formula would contain a bounded range between 0.95 to 1.05. Any school district falling below 0.95 would be moved up to 0.95. Any district above 1.05 would be moved down to 1.05. This option is less volatile and still serves to provide more resources to districts that need it desperately while not causing great cuts to other districts that also rely on state support for their schools. So this is balanced. This is a little more, a little more. It, uh, uh, let's see, the overall impact would have been a reduction of $4.2 million statewide using the 13-14 averages. 
It could be adjusted further to make this proposal closer to cost neutral and fairer. For example, they could make it wider. Uh, this would make sure those labor market areas that have continued to invest resources into teacher salaries are not punished. They do say it's important to note these options still disadvantage districts in some labor market areas, but the changes with the suggested modifications to the bounded range are related only to actual changes in salaries paid. Well, sure, you can't. You're, if you're making a big change like this, there's going to be some winners and there's still going to be some losers. No way around that. There's no way around that. There's no way around yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's just that's just the way things happen. That's just reality. That's so another thing we di we delve into is reality, facts like, and reality. We like reality. Yep, it's a rarity when it's, we talk to the <laughs> legislature. So they come up also with three different tables which is uh, really interesting. It talks about the labor market areas. And there are, are 35 labor market areas in the state of Maine. That's amazing. Which is a heck of a lot more than I thought there would be. Yeah. Uh, they, I'm not going to list them all, obviously. But uh, there, there's a lot. It's in the testimony, which you can read online. But they talk about full-time equivalent teachers, the regional adjustment for the 2014 data, and moving up to the floor and the estimated change. So I was looking at what the what the actual numbers are for the regional allocations right now, mm -hmm. which ones are over and which ones are under. The ones that are over one are predictably Southern Maine, right? You've got the Kidder, yes. York, Sanford, Biddeford, Greater Portland, Bath, Brunswick, Booth Bay, Haba, Haba, Belfast is slightly over, and Bangor. And sure. Skowhegan. Uh, those are all the ones over one. The ones under 0.9 tend to be in the outskirts of the state. Uh, we're talking, let's see, below, Lincoln. below 0.9. We've got Lincoln, uh, Patton, Millinocket, Holton, Holton uh, Farmington, Pres Callis, Presque Isle. Sorry, not Callis, not Farmington. My mistake. I can't. Again, Machias. Can't read. Outer Bangor, surprisingly. So you've got Bangor and Outer Bangor, which are completely different. Uh, Machias is one of them. So you, you can tell kind of where this is all going. Right. And they want to yeah, try to try to fix that a little bit and make it a little more equitable. Uh, the regional adjustment for if they used it to make it 2014 data rather than 2005 data, you've got somebody that drops to 0.77, which is Machias Eastport. Mm-hmm. And up to 1.13, the most expensive place in the state is the Kittery York area. Not surprising there. Not, no, again, you're right. Not surprising. So they like the and balance. not surprised about Machias either. No, no, exactly. I mean, it it totally makes sense where where they are. Um, so they have one of those bounded ones, uh, which was changing it to all of them between 0.95 and 1.05, which makes the total cost not but almost neutral. Um, it brings Machias up, for instance, Machias was at 0.77. Bringing them up to 0.95 gives them an extra $1.6 million yep. in teacher salaries. Uh, the one thing that, that I think that would hurt, it's that the bounds would hurt Kittery York, Biddeford, and Greater Portland the most. Portland would lose almost $10 million in salaries. We'll talk a lot about like money stuff later, which we actually learned a little bit about. Kittery York would lose $2 million. Biddeford would lose almost $2 million. Uh, Machias would gain $1.6 million. Ellsworth would gain $1.5 million. 
Lincoln Howland would gain 1.2 million. Prescal Caribou would gain 1.6 million. So it's it's almost neutral, but it does take away a lot of help. And just because you're taking away state allocation, those teachers still need to get paid, which means all that money becomes local. Right. Local. Uh, local share. Raised locally. They, yeah, they, yeah. They raised locally. So the, the end result of this one, as we're 25 minutes in on the first one. Yeah, and we have how many bills to cover today in this one? 40,000. <laughs> so this one was ought to pass as amended. Again, this one was May 1st, so the testimony was last last week, and the work session was last week when this was amended. The amendment is still not online. No, it's still not online. And that what? makes it really hard because I am sure they decided on one of those and maybe even amended the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Just no idea at this point. Yeah, I, you know, we 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 try to listen and we try to get you folks who are listening the most up to date information as possible. But you know, hey, hey, committee folks, you're working hard. You know, but you know, one, release the blue sheets, and two, get those amendments up. Get them, yeah. get them up there. We need to see them. You know who's going to put those transparency? Up We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Well, we'll 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 get them for you. We probably won't. True. Let's just talk about reality here. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's go through a couple of these, uh, which which makes sense. Uh, LD385, an active-based school funding on the number of students sent by a town to a regional school unit. So we talked about this last time. This changes it from property taxes to number of kids that you send. Yep. Uh, and remember, last time we talked about this was presented by Representative Ackley of Monmouth, who actually supports some of Litchfield. Mm-hmm. And I was guessing this came from a Litchfield person. I was right. And let's it, it's hard work being a being, being you in that way. So also this one went pretty much straight to all not, all to, not pass. to pass. Yeah. Because, you know, that's right. It, it's worthy of a bigger discussion, but it's a bigger discussion, which it, I was speaking of the the regional allocation funding one. Mm. That has been going around and around and around for a while. Right. Trying to do something different. So now it's to the point where we want to do something different. Still may not go anywhere because there is some money involved. So a lot more steps to go through. But at least they're trying to do something to make the EPS work a little bit better. Yeah, they're trying. Which is great. Yeah, and, and I, I should we should note, too, that our, our funding formula, the main funding formula, is one of, if not the most equitable in the country. We've actually gotten recognition for that. But it's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not. It's far from perfect. However, um, our state has done a more cognizant effort to be the level of, of funding equity than many other places, and that's a really beneficial thing. But there's always room for improvement. And I like I like that the most because it's gone through different administrations. Yeah, and it's still getting better. Nobody's scrapping it. Right. It's it, it's it's it, it works. It, it stays. It stays. It works. It just needs to be better. So let's we'll do a few of the the next ones pretty quick uh, because they're very obvious and not a lot of testimony. LD four twelve is an act to restore system administration allocations in main school administrative units to the level prescribed for fiscal year twenty seventeen twenty eighteen. That was had to do with some money, so it was a divided report. Yeah, not that was the one that you know they previous years they had reduced that um, that administration allocation, and this is bringing it back up. So I believe a level. There you go. I, or if it, or was it reversed? I honestly can't remember. Bringing right it now. back up. It was bringing it back up. That's what I. That's what I figured it was. So the next one is LD 1497, an act to recognize high performing, efficient school districts with regard to the system administration allocation. Emergency. 
yeah, to put, put right into place right away because, you know, we know those high-performing schools on our standardized tests, which are really so um, it's a fantastic measure of student achievement. That should be a great way of um, recognizing those schools with more, more, more money. And those, those schools who do really well have nothing to do with socioeconomic status. No, so this one was put in by Representatives Roberts Lovell of South Berwick. What? And a lot of the testimony was from South Berwick, what? which is the Marshwood area, uh, who do do well, apparently. Yeah, they do. Uh, they're also in one of those uh, Kittery York labor market areas. So it is a well-off town compared right. to the rest of Maine. So, hey, celebrate us. Give us, you know, we're doing so well. Recognize us. They did put a lot of testimony in there from MEPRI about the reports about what efficient schools were. Um, did they put in the stuff from MEPRI about socioeconomic status and how, and how it relates to... They the, skipped some of that. Oh. Yeah, which is weird. Ought not to pass. Yeah, ought not to pass. That's, that that has gone. gone literally nowhere except into the recycle bin. <laughs> literally nowhere. Except for us. We, we don't have it. Although I just throw it on the floor. No, we don't recycle here. No. No. We've got stacks of no. stuff. Right. We believe in a very high carbon footprint. It's what we like. It's what we like. You know. Uh, so the next one, uh, we could see this one coming a mile away. It's LD712. Ready. Mm-hmm. An act to fully fund after school and preschool programs in the school funding formula, comma, increase the economically disadvantaged student factor in the school funding formula, no comma, but there should be one. There should be one. And increase the school construction debt service limit. There was a lot going on in this one. Representative Brennan is... He loves those. He loves these. Multi-tiered. Multi, multi-tiered, <laughs> multi-faceted bills. Uh, no surprise that the testimony was mainly focused on after-school and preschool programs. Right. Which is great. Some of the testimony that wasn't so in favor was, uh, hey, remember that little economically disadvantaged student factor that went from 0.15 to 1.5? An increase of we yep. did we did we did the math we did the math on that one ten times yes that was ten times it so Lewiston that right now gets two million dollars for that one so what would be two times ten um, two times ten carry the six is twenty million twenty million dollars so they'd that increase was my horrible doctor whatever his name is doctor I forget it no not doctor Strange whoever the Austin Powers is he still around villain was i forget what his name is it's gonna drive me crazy now and everyone in their cars are on the treadmill is going it is dr evil thank you thank you very much oh now i can sleep tonight okay good uh people were like yeah that's a lot of money the yeah, 10 times and the 10 times is you know that's it's it's worthy of the talk uh this was a divided report i'm sure there was an amendment in there somewhere and all the republicans were like uh yeah that's way too much money probably we, we can't do that that was the morning of the first. That was pretty good. That was a busy morning. It was a busy morning. And they came back for the afternoon after, of course, some spicy dill, chi- dill pickle chips. Oh, of course, at the Cross, Cafe, Cross Cafe. They also have good coffee there. Also, they do. So the next ones uh, were all about money. So do, do you think anyone us. has started like a drinking game or anything because of this podcast? Because if we, if we say spicy dill pickle chips, they have to do something. If they haven't, they just did it's, it's now been created it has been created so you're welcome people <laughs> yes absolutely uh, so let's do the afternoon after you've had some spicy dill pickle chips <laughs> sorry everybody <laughs> so we're going to start with ld468 
we're going to plow right through this one. An actor required that the state fund on an ongoing basis a minimum of 50% of the costs associated with public preschool programs. How'd that do? Ought not to pass. All right. So, which is un- kind of unfortunate, but they realized that you know, we really need to, some of the wording, I guess, was not so good that they said. Uh, it, it doesn't really take effect for a couple of years, and you, you, don't, you didn't really track anything before, so it's going to take two years and then a third year into the budget. And this great idea, we need to think about this a little bit more. Right, How, but, but that was not the end of the discussion of public preschool. No, no, not at all. Not, not at all. Actually, because the... it is today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, yeah, it is. Oh, no, did, did I skip one here? 1043. Oh, look at that. 1043, an act to establish universal public preschool programs, which, going by the summary to remind folks, uh, specifies it's the goal of the state to ensure public preschool programs for children four years of age are offered by all SAUs by the 2021 school year in order to achieve that goal. Uh, bill requires the Department of Ed to develop recommendations, blah, 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 blah. And then point three of their summary is funding for public preschool programs. Which was all positive but one. Yes, this was this was the one where I, I said they're kicking the can down the road. It was originally for the 2018-2019 year. Yep. But they said, well, we, we're not ready for that yet, so we'll fund it in 2021, maybe. And the Maine Heritage Policy Center said, yeah, no. Yeah, they don't, they don't, we they don't, don't want this to be public. Right. Which was, <laughs> I'm shocked that they said that. You don't look shocked. I, I'm really not. But that was ought to pass as amended. Yeah, so something happened with it. Something happened. I, we're not sure what, folks. Yeah, this is hard that. journalism coming at you. So here's one. The next one is actually one that we got a lot of mentions and tweets on. We did. A lot. Thank you. Of the, which is thank you, exactly. Telling us that they testified, that this was important, that thank you for spreading the word. It was LD 1549, which is an act to increase the supplement for certain national board for professional teaching standard certified teachers in Maine. Remember, it goes from 3,000 to 9,000. NBCT, National Board Certified Teachers. Which is great. Yeah, it was it was to incentivize the, or to provide, we thought it incentivized districts to say to their teachers, hey, in rural districts, um, we, or more 50% reduced right. lunch districts, not necessarily rural, um, would say, hey, get your National Board Certified because then you'll get an additional funding support by the state of almost 10 grand. Not bad. That's, that's some real money. Not bad. That's some not, real money to... Yeah, to that, that is real money. And all the teachers that uh, testified were obviously like, yes. Right. This is a great idea. Remember, it affected, what, like 81 teachers, something like something that? Something around that, so yeah. 81, 85, something like that. Currently, but maybe more in the future. Because, right. again, it's supposed to provide an incentive. Uh, this one, unfortunately, was divided. Right. To find a report. Because it's money-related. It's going to be money-related. And it's a great idea, but it costs some money, and Republicans are like, mm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how it played out, but usually the divider reports are, I mean, I, if, we're, if, we were to, if we were to prognosticate, which is one of the things which we, do, we do, which is one of the things we do on these things, um, we would say things, if it's divided report, that means it's going to be a minority and a majority, and usually those fall on party lines. Yep. And so how might the parties, based on their political platforms, uh, vote and we would think probably the, the Democrat side would probably vote for ought to pass. Republicans would probably vote ought not to pass. We don't know that, but that's what we are putting out there as pr- probably happened because we don't have the other information available. So the next one, the last one of the day, was LD seven seventy three, 
an act regarding secondary school education concerning sexual activity and sexual assault. Yes, when they came out of left field that day. This one was, it was all about money and preschool and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, sexual activity and sexual assault. So do you think they got confused? The sorbet of the day, if you will. The palate cleanser. <laughs> I think they may have gotten confused on this one because I think this is the first time that this has happened. That an actual bill, not a resolve, mm-hmm. was ought to pass. Just straight up. Ought to pass. Yep. Not a divided, not at anything. and That's not, probably unanimous then. Or pretty darn close no, to unanimous. It has, otherwise, it's divided. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Then I looked at the bill again, and we kind of alluded to this, mm-hmm. that they made sense on this one. Because they're like, okay, who's going to oppose this one? Uh, MSMA is going to oppose it because it's curricular mandates and that sort of thing. Which, right. It reviews the content standards. It reviews all those things and adds the, and adds some certain language in about the st- standards to health. It talks about the review. But then it adds that layer of the review. Yeah. And like and like, uh, like we said to Representative smart. Daughtry. Smart. Nice that, job. That was some really smart movement of the chess pieces there to, to get this through, to say we recognize that there's going to be a re- re- review process and we're going to write that into this bill. And it totally brilliant. worked. It did. Ought to pass. Straight ought to pass. Not even as amended. No. They liked all of it. They did. I'm impressed. And that wrapped up the day of May the 1st. We're going to finish off today by doing May 2nd. Let's do it. Because why not? If you're listening hey, to us here, for what? 30-something minutes, 40-something minutes, an hour. <laughs> However long it's, this is right now. But hey, if, the, if I here's how I see it. If the committee themselves are willing to sit through these long days of testimony and, and hearings and work sessions because they got to get all this stuff done, well, we owe it to them to do the same. And so we are pushing this on to you, our listeners, that you have to endure us now. So you're welcome. We kind of all get the paid, paid the same. <laughs> us, the legislators. What is their hourly wage? Uh, well, we, we spend all of our hourly wage on spicy dill pickle chips. I think that's all they can afford because yeah. they're working those 20-hour days listening to you know, everything. Everything. No matter whatever, what. Whatever comes in front of the microphone. And they get paid a nice first session. $14,900. Wow, so settle down. I know. They're, it's definitely a money maker. They're making it rain there. All right, so the first one's going to be easy. LD-155, an act to ensure transparency in college costs? Nope. Withdrawn immediately. Withdrawn <laughs> I love Which those. Not, not even withdrawn. I, I love those where they just walk up and say, yeah, just don't bother. <laughs> I put all this time into creating the bill. Don't bother. And there was testimony. That's the Don't thing. worry about it. There was testimony, and somebody actually, let's see who this somebody was. Uh, didn't introduce themselves, had, uh, like, suggested amendments. Oh, there we go. Uh, the main Association of Student Financial Aid Administrators uh, said, yeah, we could do something else with some of these. And oh, here's what I go, transparency and college costs. This is what I was going to say. Because even though it was on not to pass and was immediately, like, withdrawn, which is awesome, uh, they didn't like this because... The wording was a little off, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't make sense. But I was reading some of the testimony, and it said, this sounds like a lot of work for us. <laughs> Honestly. And they're, they're, they're up against a wall. Main community college system, we're like, yeah, we already do most of this. Yeah. And the, the other parts that we don't do, it seems like a lot of work. 
so we don't want to do this. Yep. Which I thought was, come on. <laughs> we already do most of this, and I don't feel like doing the work, therefore I oppose it. Yeah, I, 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 That's I, wrong. And I'm going to give you a little vignette here. All right, let's go. I, I like I like vignettes. You like vignettes. I, I do like vignettes. I like uh, I like I, I like little little. As you can tell, I like going onto little side roads and going down a down a pathway that might not necessarily be related. See, here's the thing with this one. This one is actually related, which oh. is so unlike us. That is very unlike us. So transparency costs. So transparency and costs. So one of my daughters graduated from the University of Maine this weekend. Congratulations. Yeah, it was very nice. She wants to go to graduate school, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. So she's applied to all of this. She's looking. She's getting some scholarships for tuition. Mm-hmm. So she's sending me, like, screenshots of what the, what this all means. So I'm, and I'm looking at a screenshot right now on my phone while I'm reading this. So she's going to an unnamed graduate school, not in the state of Maine. So this wouldn't affect them anyway. But... Here are the things that, that, that we're talking about here. Tuition and fees, 11000 Right. Housing and meals, zero, because she's not going to be on housing. Books and supplies, 400 bucks. Okay. Transportation, zero. Okay. Other education costs, $20,911. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's what we've got so far again. Tuition and fees, housing and meals, books and supplies, and transportation. That's all separate. And then other education costs, just a mere $20,000, which is actually about 67% of the total cost is other. Mm-hmm. I think I think part, I, 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 if I remember, I was, listen, I was listening to part of this, and I do remember them saying something like, um, this should be left up to the local... Mm-hmm. The local schools to be able to do this themselves, and I and I do think I forget, I think it was Representative Corn uh, Cornfield who said I almost said Kornheiser, and that was the, probably the wrong name. That was a different show. Different show. But Representative Cornfield um, said, "Well, I would hope that they would just do this out of the out of just the morality behind doing it anyway." And they don't. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, no, they don't. Just so doesn't. that's again, Maine Community College says, "Yeah, we do most of this." We don't do all of it, but that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus. So it was. It was. My God. Yeah. So. Uh, so I wanted to bring that one into you guys. So I. So, uh, for you, you're living with that in the, in the in the present. I'm living with that in the future, as I don't have someone going to college for another, I don't know, eight years or so. So hopefully by that point they'll be more transparent with their fees. I was just saying, by that time, college costs will have tripled what they are now. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Oh right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're not going to college anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 There's no college. That'd be a different sidebar. <clears throat> well, at this point, with climate change, there may not be no world. But here, so but here's the other matter. thing. They'll be walking everywhere in a show like Revolution. That... <laughs> Anybody watch that show? No. Or am I the only one? In you were the only one in history who watched that show. Me and my daughter. Please. So. But here's the thing: if great show with Audi, <laughs> there is an option that that could be that that could be, be a little wrinkle to that, and that would be in LD eight sixty, an act to establish Maine Community College system no cost tuition program. That this one that was, was a transition. That was a huge transition right there. That was pretty good. 
And here's the thing about the testimony for this one. Uh-huh. Some of them said, this is worse than what we do right now. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, well, how does that happen? They say with all the scholarships they give and with the fees that they do and, and they're trying to be transparent and give people stuff, this actually is a net loss for students. Mm. I didn't really understand all of it. I, I don't either. Money. But where is this one right now? They're, they're tab- they've tabled it. Which means they're still talking. Which, well, or well, here, they, they, here's kind of right. They, I, I remember <laughs> them having a big conversation. I need some chips. I mean, uh, spicy, spicy dill pickle. Yeah, we have to say that now. That's a cross to help to help our our friends playing some activities out, exactly. uh, but um, but but it, but it's been tabled. But I don't I don't remember the fact it is actually tabled, or has it been punted to next session? Um, because we'll find out soon. Because they did they talked a lot about this one about whether or not this needs a lot more conversation. Agreed. People were very interested in the idea. They weren't necessarily against the idea. Some were, but they weren't all against the idea. But they were also like, there's a lot of layers to this that. We're not comfortable making a decision now because we have to get a decisions done by what next week, and and so they said maybe this is one that we talk about in this next session. So let's go to the next one. It's LD twelve eighty three. This one was straight ought to pass as we talked about a second ago. This was a resolve. So creating task forces right to advance college affordability by convening a task force to recommend a sustainable. I almost said suitable. That's okay. That would be okay. That would have worked too. I think that would have been fine. Uh, to recommend a sustainable funding model for maintaining Maine's public higher education infrastructure. And if I remember correctly from the hearing that I was listening to while I was doing other yard work and things, um, great life you have. There. Or or no, what was I doing? I don't even remember what, what I was doing now. Whatever but I remember, you're doing, the most important doing, thing was listening to. the I testimony. was listening to the testimony. They said maybe we can also bring in the stuff about the no cost into. Yeah. This they did a lot Which of reworking. Sense. They did a lot of reworking of the language for the resolve to make sure that they could get some inf- more information about what the costs and things would be for things going forward. So, try to combine things, get themselves more information. I'm going to skip around a little bit here. Okay, get to right, right out of the way here. Sure. Uh, since we are, we'll be an hour in it shortly. So no, our listeners are an hour in it. That's the beautiful thing. <laughs> Let's hope. If you are tweeted us saying uh, hashtag hey, well, still here, <laughs> it's just, uh, still still here, still here. We we also didn't have a have a pod last week, so Fair. so we're we're, so we're, they we're are, you're, they're getting a little double dose of Matt. Are Matt. you saying they're itching for uh, listening to us? Yes, they're saying I'm going to skip work because they're, they're putting out some pods here. They're Jonesing. Is that like the Jonas Brothers? No, not at all. That's a it's a it's a. I won't get into what jonesing means, but those of you who recognize that term from the 1990s or so, you, you know what I'm talking about. 90s? I think so. Let's move on. LD 1566, an act to increase the number of recipients uh, recipients under the tuition waiver program for participants in foster care. Remember this one basically increased the slots for kids that are in right. foster care. We thought this was great. Yeah, all the testimony says great. Right. Divided report. Divided report. Costs money. Darn it. Next one, LD-1267, an act to allow the awarding of graduation credits by career and tech education centers and regions. Lots of testimony. Oh, not, not to not pass. To pass. Out. Yeah. A lot of it was because um, th- things like it would, it would, it would hamper, um, it didn't want to take con- some of the c- controlling control of the standards, the education standards, academic standards away from like ELA or mathematics. That was only really the way it went. And I know Representative... Representative Fecto was talking a lot about it, how this would be a great idea, a great thing. Uh, but as we remember, he's a world languages teacher. 
So what I would be curious then is how would he feel then if students in the CTE program were then getting world language credits in their CTE program for something. For example, there's a there's a big push to have coding and computer science be counted as a world language. Well, now those students don't have to go to his program anymore. So now how does he feel about that? And I'm not sure that he's he 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 empathized in that way or really put it on himself. But then again, maybe he did. I don't know. That's where I'll leave it off for you. Hashtag analysis. There you go. So the last one is one that I was interested in talking to you about today. Okay. It's, uh, it is our, our last one. LD1538, an act regarding compensation equity for positions in the Maine Community College I system. Like, I like equity. I do too. But there's some butts here. You know, I believe Ned Stark said something about butts. That everything before butt is, uh, well, what's the word? I don't think we can say Cow that pucky? Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> so a lot of the testimony was, as expected, people who work in the community college system mm-hmm. talking about how they make X amount and my exact colleague at, the, at a different campus makes something different, which was no surprise. There's a lot of personal stuff that comes in here. Right. This one wasn't really about equity, though. This was about equality. This was really about giving every, if I remember correctly, yep. this was giving every single person, whether you're at Fort Kent or down at EMCC or wherever you are across the main community college system, KVCC, whatever you're doing, you're getting the same, get the same uh, wage. Period. End of story. Period. End of story. Which, again, hey, legislators, legislators, that's not equity. That's equality. They're just kind of mixing this up. So here's, here's the thing that made it even more confusing for me. So this one came up from Representative Daughtry. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talks about you know the, the, the same type of thing, that uh, the issue which this bill, quote, attempts to address is that the main community college system views itself as seven distinct employers and not one employer. When pay inequities have been brought up, in the, uh, have been brought up the argument changes with situation. And here are two bullet points. If a faculty hired in the southern part of the state complains they are making less than someone in the northern part of the state, the union is told they must pay more because it's the only way to attract people to the north. If a faculty in the northern part of the state complains they're making less than someone in the south, the union is told it is because the cost of living is higher in the south. And then they talk about how the reluctance of MCCS to negotiate, their narrow interpretation of certain rules, led to fairness issues. I'm kind of summarizing there. Sure. And I've attached a document with examples of full-time faculty pay inequity within the main community college system. So I'm thinking about that one, and we talked about earlier in this pod, which seems like two weeks ago. Right. Well, so like we talked at the beginning of the pod, how a week can feel like an eternity now. This pod has felt like an eternity since we started to talk about LD309 on May 1st. <laughs> we talked about, remember we talked about uh, the labor cost. Right. That was adjust, our first, that was the first bill. Areas. That was the first bill we talked about today. It seems like a long time That's ago. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Actually, it was a long time ago. It was, Yeah. So the hour of our life we will never get back. So they're saying that is an actual thing. Right. And that there are differences between parts of the state. This wants to eliminate that one. But here's where it gets a little more confusing for me. Okay. So Representative Daughtry attaches a, a document that talks about full time faculty pay inequity examples. And I don't maybe I'm not following this correctly, but they talk about let's go this one first. 
2007 in Allied Health. Okay, I'm with you. At Kennebec Valley, a person with a Master of Arts to teach physical therapy was hired at $60,000. At Northern Maine the same year, a person with a Master's of Science in Nursing was hired for 53000 Okay. My question is, that's not the same. No, they're, they're not the same. They're, they have different degrees. They, well, they have different degrees. They also might have different years of experience. There also might be uh, different negotiations that went into this. So it keeps do they going. do they do they all have the same level of insurance rates? Do they all have other um, supports, reimbursement costs for things? I don't, I don't. I honestly don't know. There's more to it than just salary. The next one talks about at WC, a person with a master's of science in business was hired to teach medical assisting at a rate of fifty-eight thousand. At CM, a person with a, neuro, a naturopathic doctor's degree was hired at fifty-two thousand. But are they doing the same thing? No. It doesn't say that. This is just, this makes it more confusing because those aren't examples. So it's just like a list of people that got hired. Right. And I, I here, here's something that I am finding very interesting. At, 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 at Central Maine, a person with a naturopathic doctor's doctoral degree, a doctoral degree in naturopathic medicine, I think. I honestly don't know what it would be. Naturopathy. Okay. $52,000. Um, at Northern Maine, a Master's of Science in Nursing was $53,000. They're about equal. So a doctoral degree in naturopathic whatever is fifty-two. A Master's in Nursing is at fifty-three. That's interesting to me. At different campuses. Different campuses. One of them's Northern Maine and one of them's Central Maine. And right. the, one in, the ones in Southern Maine is it kind of keeps going. We're not going to list them all. The ones in Southern Maine are making a little bit more than the ones in Northern Maine. Yeah, 60000 Which kind of goes along with our same things about right. labor markets. Right. That you make more in the southern part of the state because it's a higher cost of living. Higher cost of living. Those are just called facts regardless of what people think facts are. All facts are made up. So true. But I don't really understand the point of this, and I think I think you are correct that they're mistaking equity versus equality. That's that's and how I see it. I don't know the difference. Um, equity is just a buzzword now that people try to try to use in, in everything, but it's but that's not what they, she means. This one, the uh, one more piece of uh, testimony I want to get to before we close this out after what seems like eight hours. Uh, Main hair or one Game of Thrones episode. Almost one spoiler there. We'll do that later. <laughs> Main Heritage Policy Center opposes this one. Uh, mainly because, I'm going to quote here, this bill would award low achievers. Hello. What? By giving them the same salaries individuals that are more effective in their roles, thereby lowering incentive to perform well overall. I'm just wondering if the Maine Heritage Policy Center understands teacher contracts in the public school system where you get rewarded for years of service, not how well you do. There's no such thing right. as merit pay yet. So, and again, I think they're getting it in there. It says the Maine Heritage Policy Center is in favor of merit increases, which so, are awarded based on performance, not handed out for simply showing up to work. They're, uh, I think they need to get some of their stuff together 
on what they are for and what they are against. Yeah. I mean, later in the bill, they do say further this bill would create would only create continuity, not equity. I agree. That's exactly what it would do. It would create continuity or equality. But there are other arguments of the lower achievers bid, and that that just doesn't that doesn't hold any. That's just getting your uh, getting your individual. Everybody is individually responsible for themselves, and communities can go to hell basically. Mm. It's a yep. positive way to end this episode. Uh, uh, so aren't you feeling all, 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 all warm and fuzzy on the inside? You are intrepid and constant listeners. It was like an hour of just testimony review, which I think it might be the longest testimony review we've ever had. It might be, but there. But as you have, as you have listened, as you're listening, if you're still with us, thank you. But if you've seen, Again, hashtag still listening. There, are still here. They're, still here. Damn it. Oh. I mean, they're 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 doing like public here. That was one day. There was two days of public hearings where they did um, fifteen or so bills. If you if you if you think this podcast of reviewing fifteen bills was long, think about what it must be like to listen to testimony on all these. Totally true. So, more power to you, more. legislators, for doing an amazing job for absolutely no money right and and we we appreciate the work you're putting into it. appreciate even though if we agree or disagree or whatnot but i'll also say free the blue sheets and get those amendments up quicker one thing i, I also want to say i know you just kind of made it better than what i'm about to say is the the times that i've been up there they all take it seriously oh they very much they very well they don't they, they, they do. don't like blow it off or go to sleep or i mean I, this has been a, a thing that i've heard in the past is some legislators like go to sleep during these long public hearings because it's long and it's late and I've some seen of it. them are older i've seen it yeah i have not seen that this year they're all paying attention yeah uh, and and going from committee to committee right they're, they, they're bouncing they, around they're bouncing around a lot and yeah they're on their phone sometimes texting and talking to each other when they need to but they got a lot of work to do, and I have nothing but respect for all of them. As as you said, regardless right. of how we agree or disagree, for, for at least stepping job. up, and, for at least stepping up and doing the, and doing the work that needs to get done. So get out there and run, people. Right. Because if we haven't made this so appealing now, <laughs> you should do it. The only reason, well, the the, the main reason why you should be uh, you know appealed or would find appealing would be going to the Cross Cafe. You, you, you have those. You have that option every day during session, and what can you get down to the Cross Cafe, Matt? Some spicy dill pickle chips. There you go. That's a way to end for those of you playing along at home. Uh, while you're out there playing along, you can go on the interwebs and find us on Twitter at Main Ed Matters or on Facebook at Main Education Matters. We have a spreadsheet of the 200 plus bills that are constantly being updated. Some have been voted on by the House and the Senate. Some have been enacted by the governor. And while you're out there, uh, give us a rate and a review on iTunes. We would certainly appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.